Hello and welcome to Power of the Pitch, a special podcast of the United Nations Office of Counterterrorism. My name is Dave Brundle, and I'm your host for this series, which has been designed and produced by the International Hub on Behavioural Insights to Counterterrorism, inspired by the experience and reflecting the work of the multi-year global program on security of major sporting events and the promotion of sport and its values as a tool to prevent violent extremism that the UN Office of Counterterrorism delivers in partnership with the UN Interregional Crime and Justice Research Institute, the UN Alliance of Civilization, and the International Center for Sports Security. For this series, we will examine how behavioral insights are being applied to sports and when addressing violent extremism factors that may conduce to terrorism, we will introduce you to programs aiming to prevent violent extremism through sports and its values and share the personal stories from world-renowned athletes and advocates of female empowerment and inclusivity. We will discuss the powerful role of sports diplomacy and take a close look at the innovative policies and practices being used by governments and organizations to ensure that sport remains a safe pastime and profession for future generations. In this exclusive series, we will be joined by behavioral and violent extremism experts, as well as by sports professionals, who will talk about their experiences and share their knowledge. Today on Power of the Pitch, we're joined by Alan Fraser, who is the Director of Community Partnerships at Cranford Community College in West London. Alan is a practitioner in the field of PCVE, where over 10 years, he has developed a variety of programs and activities designed to reduce the risk of radicalization among young people through sport, creativity, as well as leadership and authority relationship models. Internationally, Alan has worked with organizations including One World Strong, where he developed two sports programs, One World Marathon and One World Sport. He is also a member of the radicalization awareness network, RAN, in Europe. And leading the conversation on his work and experience is the Behavioral Insights Hub's best practices and research lead, Ken Reedy. Alan Fraser, welcome to Power of the Pitch. It's wonderful to have you. Thank you. Alan, we're talking sports as a mechanism for preventing terrorism and violent extremism. And as a practitioner in this space, that's really your home turf. So let's start off with what you do, and we'll take it from there. I do see sports as uh, very, very important to to sort of countering uh, risks, uh, factors associated with violent extremism. Um, and we've run a, a number of programs, a number of initiatives uh, using sport as the vehicle. Um, we also, you know, although we're focusing on sport, uh, we've also used creative as well, um, uh, because I think it is important as that you use a, a wide range of tools and options uh, at your disposal. Sports, almost, it's a, a you know, it's not chalk and cheese. You know, it's yeah. not not one or the other, uh, but it does tend to, you know, people will tend to be in one camp or they'll tend to be in the other in terms of what actually appeals to them. And certainly with the sport, we've found that. Um, you know, over the years, a number of different initiatives, uh, which have, we believe, you know, really have, have helped and helped uh, uh, individuals. And um, there's one in particular that uh, I, I'd like to sort of uh, focus on because it comes from a different angle. Yeah, yeah. In sport. 
so if we start off, we, we have a, a program called um, Sports Leadership, mm-hmm. which is actually about training young people up to be sports leaders, run the events, uh, run sessions. Um, and uh, what we found is, firstly, um, it, it means that there's, you know, they don't need to be good at sport. Yeah. But they need to actually like sport. So, so that's 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 been a sort of uh, an interesting thing. But the the big thing that we find is that in teaching them the uh, the things they need to run successful sessions, yeah. they themselves become an authority figure. Yeah, mm. and um, having often they are uh, young people who actually don't like authority and don't uh, respect authority. Yeah. And then to have to actual fact take on the mantle of authority um, and understand the consequences on and why there does have to be some authority sometimes. Yeah, um, it's been a real eye opener for 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 a lot of young people. Um, and then it's about making sure that they can transfer that lesson learned into into their life. So that, that that's one which. Um, uh, really does impact, uh, b- you know, both young men and women. Um, uh, and I, I know certainly of several who have talked about mm-hmm. the impact that has had on them yeah. and actually changing the way they view things and changing the way they behave in other settings. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, so it's re- a real a real positive. I guess also, you know, you mentioned creative before. So you have playing sports, you have creative, and then you also have sports management, right? Which is where they learn the responsibility. And like you said, you know, some people will be good at the creative side of things. Yeah. And then the other people will be good at sports. And I guess here you have another, like a third category of people, people who may not really be interested in playing the sport or may not be very good, but they are very much in need of of get, of learning what it is to to be an authority and taking that responsibility. Yeah, and and, and I say I, th- I think that 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 leadership role is 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 something is I think is a model which is relatively uh, simple, uh, but the key thing is um, is the training. And the support that you give to the young person, you know, you can't just say, "Okay, here's here's uh, ten, uh, you know, here's ten young people. Yeah, here's a ball. You know, go and sort out a football match. You, you have to train them. Yeah, the program yeah. takes um, roughly about um, eight weeks, and then there's some support when they're actually running it, and then once we're comfortable that they are. Uh, that they're comfortable and they're happy, then then you can let them fly and let them right, right. let them go. And tell us about um, the curriculum and and the size of these courses. Are they, are they done online? Is it done in a in an office sort of setting? What does it look like? Uh, it, okay, so so the the way it looks like no, it's it's not online because it it, it very much is you have to be uh, sort of present. Mm-hmm. Um, so it starts with some classroom sessions, yeah, uh, some experimenting with with each other. Um, then it'll move into a more practical environment, um, and then it will move into a, a sort of like if you like a rehearsal, yeah in terms of uh, doing it. And then, as I say, moving into the, uh, if you like, the trial mm-hmm. um, and, and the probationary period uh, and uh, before, they, before they're let go. 
And they're let go then into a football club or where do they go to? No, it's, uh, well, actually, some are football clubs. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. We've had some that have gone into uh, football clubs. Um, uh, we've had some that went, for example, into Brentford Community Trust, mm -hmm. um, uh, a, a Premier League side now. Um, some into Queen's Park Rangers. Yeah. Um, oh. we, I, the other thing that I think which is uh, very important, which we can maybe pick up later, but uh, is vital is, it's really important to have good, strong partners uh, when you're doing this work mm. um, I, because you can't do it alone. Um, and um, it is usually community-based activity rather than uh, professional uh, football. Uh, like, like a local club, you mean? Yeah, like a local club. Okay. Um, or the, um, although obviously Brentford and QPR are professional clubs, um, it's the community part of their organization that we work with. What they do is, is uh, they have a mixture of volunteers and paid employees. Mm -hmm. And what they do is they provide uh, sport, not just football, um, to uh, community groups in different settings. Um, and most English football clubs will have professional football clubs, will have a community angle. It's part of their, okay. if you like, give back yep. okay. to uh, to the community. Uh, and uh, so, some are very, very strong um, mm -hmm. uh, and are, are a vital part of the community. And so you work with them to bring the youth into these, um, the training program and then their, their actual work afterwards? Yeah. So what would happen is, we would we would train them up. Yeah, we will get them to a certain level. Yeah, and then we would say to Brentford or to QPR, look, we have this person. Uh, they're excellent. They're really really good, mm. and uh, you know we think that they could go and actually work for you. Uh, and initially, they may do volunteering for them to see, but it yep. often turns into paid work. Um, okay. In fact, uh, more times than not, it does turn mm -hmm. into paid work. And and um, funnily enough, we have uh, Brentford do a football session here. The person who's running that is uh, a paid employee of Brentford, but he came through that leadership right, uh, right. angle. Yeah, yeah. So, so it does work. It does work definitely. Yeah. So let me let me sort of frame this in in terms of PVE. Do you think sports or leadership or creativity activities can they compete against the allure of violent extremism? Yes, they can. Um, they they can. I think a key thing is the point at which you catch the young person. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I, I think that's that, that you know that's really important, um, and it's about identifying someone who is vulnerable. Now, at, at, at the point where ideally you catch them, they have that vulnerability. Yeah. Um, you don't know where that vulnerability is going to take them. Is it going mm. to take them into gangs? Is it going yeah. to take them into drugs? Is it going, you know, is it going to take them into violent extremism? Yeah. Um, it, and so it's about catching them at the right time and then channeling them into in, into something where they they have that identity they have right. that feeling they have that support um and they have that feeling you know of 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 belonging to something uh yeah 
And often it's a case of, you know, doing something where people can be successful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, success is a really important thing. Um, And uh, if we can make them successful, uh, then that builds their confidence. It builds their self-esteem. You know, all the things which uh, help to, to, to stop uh, or reduce the risk of, of uh, someone uh, going into uh, violent extremism, becoming radicalized, yeah. How do you identify them? Like, would it be a teacher approaching you? Would it be you going to a school saying, hey, do you have any people who display any of these traits? We identify them through it, through through the school, through uh-huh. the pastoral system. Yeah. And um, the, through the pastoral system that we have, um, they, uh, they're... Usually it's through the heads of year or um, perhaps a designated safeguarding leads will alert me to, you know, we have this individual. These are the things that are going on. They really need to have some positive influence in yeah. their life. And that's 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 when I'll, I'll step in and we'll try and help them to uh, to do it. Um, in in gangs or in violent extremism, sometimes the participants, they recruit their friends, maybe even their their family. And I'm just wondering, within, let's say, sports programs or sports leadership programs, do they ever say to you, like, hey, I want to bring in my friends or whoever? Or is it more about you saying, no, I've identified you and you're, it's it's just you? If they, if they had uh, someone who uh, they felt would benefit from it, then... Um, Obviously, there is a limit on numbers, but we would always try and accommodate them. So it's not it's not just made up of, and I think, again, this is an important, it's not just made up of uh, people that are vulnerable. It's made up of people who actually want to do it, uh, plus the people people who are vulnerable. There's many formal mechanisms that are that are out there to to assist vulnerable people. Is sports more of an indirect means of reaching youth who maybe the more formal mechanisms don't have access to or they slip the net? Or where does it lay in terms of the formal mechanisms versus, well, versus doing nothing, basically? The answer to that is, yes, it is informal. Um, It is an informal mechanism. um, And that I see actually as a, a, a particular strength of it. Um, because the the you know the type of uh, young person I'm thinking about often will not react well to yeah. formal mechanisms. Yeah. Um, and, and they they will feel um, uh, you know in fact they'll fight against them. So so I think the informal uh, part of it actually is really important. Um, you know, and we you know there's we're not compelling people to do it. Yeah. But what we're trying to do is is we're trying to say. Uh, we're, we're trying to make it as attractive as possible right, right. for them, yeah. which, you know, again, is, you know, so, so we don't, you know, we don't go along and say, okay, you know, you're, you're vulnerable. You're going to have to do this. You know, it's not that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's about, it's about encouraging them and, and making sure they understand the benefits, uh, which they, which they will get from it. So let me take that a little bit, bit further, right? So in, in PVE, there's this generally sort of big focus on mitigating or lowering risk factors. Yeah. But there's less focus on promoting protective factors. And from what I hear, promoting protective factors, that seems to be more your space. Yeah. But tell me, Alan, do you think that promoting protective factors is a more worthy investment than mitigating risk factors? 
Yeah, I do. Um, because uh, this sort of... Uh, it, it's about getting in before, yeah. Uh, if you like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's the old, the old thing about you know prevention is uh, is be- you know better than cure, yeah. and uh, you know I've, I firmly believe that it's it's actually at this level, mm-hmm. um, you know, where you can really make a difference. The big difficulty is always is is how do you measure it? You know, if you look at it logically and rationally then by doing these sorts of uh, things and interventions, then you are going to make a difference and you are going to prevent mm-hmm. someone from, in actual fact, uh, becoming uh, yeah. potentially uh, drawn into violent extremism. Or, or any other antisocial behavior. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So just talking, I mean, we're, we're talking about, you know, impact assessment and all that. And uh, I, I don't want to go further into it, but what I do want to say is, or ask, what are some of the, some of the key challenges? And maybe that's one of the key challenges, but what are some of the key challenges you as a practitioner face when using sports as a vector for PVE? Well, I think there are, there, there are challenges that, um, you know, any face with, 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 with anything, which is, is, is time, uh, time and money. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, th- those are the big, the big challenges, if you mm-hmm. like. Um, with more of it, uh, <laughs> we could do more. Um, yeah. And, you know, you mentioned about going out into, um, uh, into other areas, into other schools, etc. Um, that is something that we are actually exploring at this moment. You know, now that we have this, this model, which has been running for well, probably about six, seven years now. Yeah. Um, we f- we feel that uh, it's something that we should be sharing um, uh, with other schools and other organisations uh, and uh, getting them trained up. Do you do you have any problems attracting the right kind of people to either manage what you're doing or to be uh, be- beneficiaries? Neither, to be quite honest. Okay. Um, they, 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 we, we've, we've not had a problem uh, recruiting, if you like, beneficiaries. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, um, you know, thinking back to when we first started, yeah, I think potentially it was a, 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 a little bit more problematic. But because it's embedded and because people have seen the success yeah. of it, um, it, it, it helps. So there's no problem, no problem at all there. In terms of having, uh, if you like, the staff who are trained uh, to do it, uh, we've been very lucky that, um, you know, we have had um, a good stability there because mm-hmm. um, I know that that uh, can be a problem. Um, if you, you know, if you train someone up and then a year later, they they leave or yeah, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's it's a problem, but but it's not something that we have experienced. So um, I'm I'm going to ask a controversial question that I think maybe on people's minds. I don't know, but upon first blush, people may say that using sport for PV isn't it just about keeping people busy? And I'm of course it's not right. But what are the other aspects? which sports is uniquely able to deliver? I'm not sure you could necessarily say it's unique because mm-hmm. it, 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 it goes, you know, in other things. Mm-hmm. But of course, with sports, the big thing is about 
you know, working as a team. Even the sports leaders yeah. will work as a team. You know, they won't they won't work on their own. They'll be working with other people to 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 do whatever whatever it is. And it creates that feeling of belonging, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. which is which is 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 very important. So I would say that that is probably one of the strongest. It's yeah. probably stronger in sport than mm-hmm. than probably anywhere else. There are there are elements of it, but but just by the nature of sport. Yeah, um, I know there are individual um, sports, sport, sure. but yeah, you know, uh, whenever we're looking at sports, uh, we always look at them um, sort of collectively. Although. Uh, we did actually have uh, one thing that we did, uh, which actually normally is considered a um, an individual uh-huh. thing, and we turned it into a team thing. Oh, tell me! Come um, on, tell me! I'm curious now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so um, I've I've worked over the years with uh, an advisor and a advisory board member of uh, an organization called One World Strong, yeah, which is based in the, uh, the US. Um, and uh, uh, the, the founder of that is uh, someone called Dave Fortier, who uh, set up this foundation. Um, he was a victim or survivor. Mm-hmm. Sorry, in America, they talk about survivors. Yeah. Uh, he was a survivor of the Boston Marathon bomb. Oh, dear. Okay. And he always had running... At his heart, he still is a runner. You know, he'll message me at, you know, five in the morning when he gets up. Four to go o'clock for a run. in the morning, yeah. he's out for his run. <laughs> and they, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, Dave. Great. Yep. You know, show me pictures, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, of the snow, and um, and so he had this this sort of well, it, it was very much a kernel of an idea mm-hmm. which we developed together, which is something called the One World Marathon. Yeah. And it was about people coming together in teams yeah. to complete the twenty-six point whatever uh, miles, right. um, like 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 relay races or no no no. It, 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 this is this is where it you just you it was like you were a virtual team. So um, uh-huh. and it wasn't just to run; it was about movement. So, for example, we had um, a group in, uh, uh, in in Vermont in the, in the States mm-hmm. who line danced the distance. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so it, it was about movement. It was about it, it was about creating movement, and um, and uh, it was it was great fun. Um, and the uh, we we sort of it was it was a, a virtual marathon, if you like, rather than a physical. So yeah. you didn't have to be all together to do it. You had to be all together online because you had yeah. to sort of complete. And some people did do it all together. That was fine. It, you know, it 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 was really about getting people out there. Yeah promoting this sort of message of being together, identity, uh, feeling that you're belonging, um, yeah. and actually uh, seeing what you could achieve as a team, you know? Yeah. Running 26 miles as an individual, well, certainly beyond me, but, you know, I contributed to my team. I did, yeah. you know, a few Ks, and, uh, yeah. you know, so so so, so it, it was that. And actually, out of that, we de- developed another uh, interesting one, which was One World Football. Uh-huh. And we did that with um, countries in Western Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so the idea would be that uh, you would play two games. Um, and uh, because obviously of the distance, you couldn't, you could, you know, no way you could get them together. Yeah. Uh, but you would get together online, first of all. And then uh, one team in the, let's say, in our school would be Ghana. Okay. And the other team would be England. Yeah. And then in, in Ghana, there'd be one team would be Ghana, one team would be England. Ah, like that. And they'd okay. play two games and you aggregated the score together to get the winner. Lot, you know, lots of funds, lots of ways uh, in which you can sort of, um, I mean, they, I use the, uh, the One World Marathon as an example where you can actually fact take an individual sport and if you, uh, I know it's not a word, but teamize it, make it, make it a team sport. And I'm guessing also, you know, doing, doing these things virtually, um, it must have been, I guess you would promote it during the pandemic, during the lockdown. I'm sure that had a huge impact upon your work. Um, yeah, yeah. What was that like? You know, we, we um, you know, the, the One World Marathon, uh, that, that was problematic uh, with the, the lockdown. Um, unfortunately, the first one was <laughs> just before the lockdown. Yeah. Um, which, you know, but, you know, that, that just that year on the absolutely shoestring, we had... 63 countries involved um, wow. and over 7,000 participants. Uh, with the with the football, that did, if you like, come out of come out of the lockdown. Yeah. Um, and um, and and certainly they're both projects that we want to sort of uh, develop further and uh, and 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 pick up um, because they give a, you know, and it's the social interaction. So so it's about creating those links those bonds as well um and with the countries in in western africa you know just um sort of, sort of giving support and uh, etc to them and uh, helping them uh, on the ground could you share with us a peace through sports moment which really impacted upon you something that happened during work time that springs to mind i i'll go back to the sport leader mm-hmm. um because uh it was really, it was a conversation uh, that I had with this young, this young woman who uh, was having challenges, was having difficulties, mm-hmm. was at risk of all sorts of things. Yeah. Um, and it was her that said to me that she was going to, after having done the sports leadership, having learnt about this issue of, you know, how you behave, what people are trying to do, the authority, mm-hmm. etc. That it had, in actual fact, changed her complete outlook. Yeah, and that had a big impact on her, on her schooling. Yeah, um, and will have a big impact on her life. It sort of, uh, if you like, was a, a a major thing, and it, you know, and you know, it's never a, it's never a straight road. You know, yeah. it's never yeah. you know there's bumps in those roads and everything else like that. But she has that that point to refer back to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and i think i think uh i, I think certainly that's uh, uh had a big impact on me to actually see the yeah. impact it was having on her because at the end of the day that's what it's all about you know yep. It's, yep. it's about the impact on the young people i guess that's a good way to end there's i think there's no other way to measure impact or there's no better way beyond saying look this person was there now they're here because of this Absolutely. Totally agree. Totally agree. 
Alan Fraser, it was a pleasure speaking with you and thank you for sharing all your experience and, and, and stories with us. We look forward to speaking with you again. Okay, thanks, Ken. This podcast series, Power of the Pitch, is produced by the United Nations Office of Counterterrorism. The information and opinions presented in the podcast are those of the guest speakers. They do not purport to reflect the opinions or views of the UNOCT, the United Nations, or any of its affiliated organizations. For more information, visit our website, un.org forward slash counterterrorism. And you can follow us on Twitter using the handle at UN underscore OCT.